0: Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast with John Atkins. Hello and welcome back to your midweek treat. Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast. First things first, a great big thank you to Carla, the show's wonderful sponsor. Visit carlabrand.com slash uketeacher and you will get a sweet, sweet 10% discount on any ukulele or indeed anything at all. ...on the Carla website, just because you listen to this podcast. That's carlabrand.com slash teacher. OK, as I mentioned last week, I was off for the last four or five days... ...over in LA for the NAM convention. A lovely music industry gathering, not so very far from Disneyland. Now sadly, as was only to be expected really, it was a super busy few days... ...and I did not get the chance to visit Mickey and his pals on this trip... But it was a very, very fun and busy time and I did get the chance to meet up with friends old and new and record some great new interviews for the show to come out over the weeks and months to come. So if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're listening from so that each and every Wednesday you will be getting it delivered directly to your device the second it's published and you won't miss a thing. Anyway, this week as I've been travelling a lot and tired very I haven't had the chance to edit up one of my interviews for you yet. So instead, I've decided to bring you my NAM diary to explain what exactly NAM is and what exactly I got up to over the course of the last couple of days. So instead of your regular interview, here is my diary from the NAM 2023 weekend. I hope you enjoy it. Wednesday, 12 April, 2023. For the most part, I finished packing last night. I'm travelling light as I don't want to be weighed down by loads of stuff. So I pretty much managed to fit all of my things into a small backpack and a one piece of carry-on luggage. At 9am, I take Percy to the nursery and say goodbye. And I think it's fair to say I was a lot sadder than he was. As soon as he saw his friends at the gate, he was off to the races and didn't give me a second look. 12 o'clock, I rode the bus from just outside my house in Bath City Centre, where I caught the train into London and then on to Heathrow. On my ticket, it says, please arrive for all international flights with three hours to spare. I do so arriving at bang on 3pm for my 6 o'clock flight. However, as I'd managed to check in online last night, and because the airport is virtually deserted at this time of day, I find that I've got through security by 3.05pm, and still have 2 hours and 55 minutes left to kill. I do this by wandering around the terminal for as long as I can, trying my hardest not to buy a massive Toblerone or stuff my face with other sugary snacks. Eventually though, I do give in and get a seat in one of the airport restaurants, where I purchase a small disappointing bowl of calamari. Now, As I've spent so long trying to put off buying food, by the time I actually do give in and settle down to eat, I find I now only have 20 minutes and have to wolf the thing down before running to my departure gate. I arrive at the gate and, as usual, I am pulled aside, as apparently a man travelling alone is suspicious. So I'm asked a few questions about where I'm going and why, and this does seem to satisfy the guy, so I am eventually allowed on the plane. An uneventful but fairly comfortable flight made all the sweeter by a calculation I make halfway across the Atlantic – You see, having only skim-read my ticket, I assumed that I was landing at about 4am Los Angeles time I would have to Uber straight over to Anaheim, where I would spend the day dragging my exhausted carcass and all of my luggage around on zero sleep, without even having a chance to check into my hotel first. However, I realised that I hadn't taken into account the time change between England and America, two different time zones. Understandable, really, as it's not like I've spent much time in the States, is it? Anyway, I realised that far from a a 4am landing, I'd actually be getting into LAX at a rather more leisurely 8.30pm, where I could then peacefully make my way over to Anaheim and have a good night's sleep before hitting the convention, fully refreshed and recharged first thing tomorrow. And this is pretty much what I did. I couldn't sleep much on the plane, though, so I listened to a few podcasts, Richard Herring, Adam Buxton, The Daily and I re-listened to some of my Red Dwarf audiobook, Infinity Welcomes Careful Drivers, as well as watching several episodes of Grange Hill on my iPad. At LAX, I made my way to the global entry line, and as I took my glasses off for the machine to scan my face, I heard a voice call out my name. John! John! Who? Me? I don't answer to my name at the best of times, because it's such a common name, and so rarely actually for me anyway that even my dad and his dad before him are or were called John. So even at home, there was only a 33% chance that someone was actually calling for me. But lo and behold, I look up to see an airport security guard beckoning me over. Uh, Mr. Atkins, that machine's not going to work for you. Oh, crumbs, I thought. They're going to turn me around and put me right back on the next flight back to the UK. But instead, he continued. Ah, uh, no, that machine's not going to work for you. So please just go ahead and walk on through here. And I was literally waved through the gates without a second look. Incredible! Uber over to Anaheim, not cheap, and checked into my hotel, the King's Inn Anaheim at the Park and Convention Centre. Apparently, only a 10 minute walk over to Nam. And after a quick call to my family back in England who were just waking up to start their day, I went straight to bed. Thursday, 13th of April. Despite the long day of travelling yesterday, and despite not having a four-year-old to wake me up at the crack of dawn, somehow old habits die hard, and I wake up very early anyway. I call up Tiff and Percy to wish them a good night, as they wish me a good morning, and I prepare for the day. In years gone past, it's sometimes taken me as much as two hours to line up to get into Nam, and as I arrived too late to get my badge last night, I fear the worst. So today, I head over as early as I can to try and avoid the rush, but much like the airport last night, after a cursory check of my rainbow-coloured backpack, which I carry my recorder and headphones in, I'm more or less waved straight into the building. I pick up my badge and decide to get some breakfast, the first of several big meals I am to eat over the next couple of days. Chicken and waffles. Only in America. After I've eaten, I'm suddenly in a much better mood and ready to face the conference room floor. Now, if you've never been to NAM, it's quite hard to imagine it. But basically, it's an absolutely enormous indoor conference room with literally hundreds of vendors and companies displaying their wares. Now, obviously, every ukulele company worth their salt has a stand. But if you take the time to wander around, you will find everything there, from saxophones to synthesizers... From cellos to tubers, from triangles to tablas. Basically, anything musical, if it can be bought or sold, there is someone from somewhere in the world here trying to buy or sell it. And there's also approximately 20,000 people wandering around, visiting these vendors, of which I was one. So it's a busy, crowded and exciting space. And no matter how many times I visit the Anaheim Convention Centre, I always manage to find a new bit that I didn't even realise existed before. This time, as I was snaking around the building to pick up my badge, I came across a whole new section of the building, well, new to me anyway, that was displaying musical instruments that don't even exist yet. Some weird and wacky things that people have created prototypes for and are now trying to raise the funding to put them into production. One of these was the Jamstick, which as best I could tell is basically an electric guitar that has been modified into a MIDI controller, meaning that you can plug it into your GarageBand or Logic or whatever, and whatever you play on your guitar will come out signing, sounding like the instrument of your choice, be it a church organ or a bassoon or what have you. It seemed like a cool idea, and as I was chatting to the creators about it, one of their colleagues actually came up to me, Gillian, a teacher from Minneapolis, who said that she has used my ukulele videos in class to teach some of her schoolchildren how to play. And that's the kind of thing that seems to happen to me all the time at Nam, And I absolutely love it. Now, Hopefully we will continue the conversation when I return to England. Perhaps there will be the possibility of some sort of collaboration in the future. Who knows? Anyway, I check out some more weird and wonderful instruments before making my way over to the Carla stand to say hello and see who's around. Boris and Magnus, two former guests on this very show, are both there playing their U-bass and ukulele respectively as well as various percussion instruments, because throughout the weekend, the Carla stand is hosting a number of mini performances of some of their artists, and Boris and Magnus will be accompanying most of them. At some point, Ukuleni also turns up with his saxophone in hand and joins in the jam session. It's very freewheeling and easygoing here, and lots of fun, and there are scheduled performances, but it's all very easygoing, and whoever wants to join in pretty much can I wish I'd had the bottle too, to be honest, but I chickened out. I meet Ash, the new Carla artist rep, in person for the first time, after we've only really spoke on Zoom before. And I also run into what seems to be about half a dozen ladies. But looking back at photos, I think it was only about three. Angie from Middlesbrough, Bo, who had travelled all the way from Hong Kong, and Genevieve, who I've met before at the LA Ukulele Festival. These ladies are all having an absolute blast at Nam and have made friends with each other at various Uke festivals, conventions and events, both virtual and otherwise, over the last few years. They are full of energy, which is infectious, although I, personally, am starting to feel a little bit of jet lag coming on after that long day of travel yesterday. After a bit more of a wonder and a spot of lunch, I head over to the adjoining Marriott Hotel, which is also a part of Nam, and watch Marlowe perform in the lobby. I had been hoping to interview her after her performance, But sadly, she has a sore throat and needs to rest her voice for the rest of the weekend. So we make plans to chat uh, online when I get back to England. After about two hours on the convention room floor, I totally understand how she feels. And I'm starting to feel a little bit throaty myself. Funnily enough, Magnus ends up joining her for the last song of her set. And he tells me afterwards that although he's known her for about seven years and even recorded with her, this is actually the first time he's ever met her in person let alone played on a stage with her. You wouldn't be able to tell though, he's the absolute consummate professional and they put on a great performance together. At two o'clock I head upstairs to the classrooms. There is a workshop about combining bass with the ukulele and it's led by Peter Luongo, a dynamo with the energy of a man half his age. Peter was James Hill's ukulele teacher and he absolutely puts me to shame with just how full of life and energy he is. I hope to get a chance to interview him at some point this weekend, but his schedule is absolutely rammed, so we'll have to see how it goes. Again, I've been to Nam maybe five or six times now, but I only even found out that they did classes last year. This is an interesting one, though, and it's nice to have just a bit of a sit-down and strum a ukulele for an hour. Afterwards, I chat with some of Peter Luongo's legacy ensemble, a 20-piece ukulele orchestra who accompanied Peter on his expeditions, And one of them even mentions the possibility of me attending a ukulele festival in Pennsylvania that she's hoping to put on next year. This would be exciting, although we will have to see what happens. Again, I make plans to email her on my return home. Generally at Nam, you make connections, but the real business happens afterwards. So when I go back to England, I'll probably spend my first few days back just sending lots of follow-up emails and messages to the people I've exchanged business cards or had fleeting conversations with. At four o'clock, I attend another workshop, promoting your music in a streaming world. It's heavily oversubscribed and should probably have been held in a larger room. I have to stand at the back, but I make copious notes. The main takeaway for me is that there is no longer a conventional way to sell and promote your own music anymore, and you have to be prepared to think outside the box and find alternate revenue streams. Afterwards, as I head back down to the Carla stand, where I'm introduced to Michaela, the dynamic lady who created the ukulele safari program in Kenya that Boris went on last year. I interview her outside the building, and she is an absolutely fascinating and engaging woman with a great story to tell and a really fresh and exciting perspective on life. As well as starting up the ukulele safari program, she's also created a prototype of a musical board game for ukulele players, which she's looking for a manufacturer for. I love talking with her and I think it'll make a great episode of the podcast, even though she does chide me for not using rechargeable batteries in my recorder. Ukulele invites us all to the Season's Kitchen USA, a nearby restaurant whose owner is a big fan of the ukulele and has agreed to keep the place open late especially for us all to jam in. It sounds like terrific fun, but by this point I am absolutely dead on my feet, so I make my excuses and head back to the hotel picking up a Subway sandwich for dinner on the way home. I do feel a bit bad about not going, and I'm sure it'll be an absolute blast, but after that full day's travel yesterday and a full day's socialising and networking today, I just need some me time and a chance to unwind. Sorry, Lenny. Friday, the 13th of April. The trouble with jet lag is that it's just totally unpredictable. Despite being desperate for a full night's sleep, I instead awaken at 2am and cannot get back to bed for love nor money. I watch several more episodes of Grain Chill on the iPad and chat with Tiff and Percy back home, and they seem to be having a fun time without me, which I am glad of, although I do miss them. I had been planning on starting the day with two more Peter Luongo workshops. One on using the ukulele as a melody instrument, and one on teaching the ukulele to children. But by the time 9am rolls around, I'm exhausted again, and I have to give it a miss. I do make it down to the carla stand, though, and catch a bit of Anthony Kauka's set. I chatted with Anthony for the podcast at NAMM last year, and he's a really sweet guy. We were both hoping we'd have a chance to have a proper catch-up this weekend, but sadly, it wasn't to be. So apart from a quick hello-goodbye we also have to make plans for a Zoom chat when we're both back home. I have to say, watching these terrific ukulele players in action really makes me want up my own game. At 11.30, I interview Daudia, an Italian ukulele duo David and Claudia, in the lobby of the main building. It's only a short interview, but they're really personable and cool to chat to. They appeared on X Factor in the UK a few years back, and we have a little chat about that. However, because they're pretty big stars in their native Italy, they are actually being followed around by their own official videographer. And when I notice him filming me trying to interview them, I clam up a little bit. I'm not sure why, as I'm normally very comfortable on camera, but it's just one of those things, I guess. At 12 o'clock, I go to a workshop about podcasting for children. I'm really interested in the medium of podcasting in general and looking to branch out for all sorts of different directions over the next 12 months or so, so this seems like a really interesting talk to attend. The guy leading it was a music teacher at various East Coast schools for the last 20 or so years and has introduced podcasting into the curriculum at some of those schools with impressive results. I'm not immediately sure how I can integrate the lessons I've learned from this workshop, but it's very inspiring and interesting nonetheless. And I'm glad I made copious notes to review when I get home. At one o'clock... I catch up with fellow YouTuber and musician, Anne Reburn. I met Anne at the YouTube Space Musicians Group back in around 2017 or 2018, when I was living in LA and thought she was phenomenally talented back then. And since that time, she's only gone from strength to strength, and her YouTube channel is exploding in popularity. It's really great to see. After a bit of a gossip about mutual friends and various life updates, I interview her for the podcast, And she's pleasingly articulate and interesting and gives me plenty to think about, especially when she says that actors have to wait for someone to give them permission to do their job. But musicians, especially YouTube musicians, have a lot more creative freedom to do what they want when they want. At three o'clock, I attend a panel entitled Women Behind the Mic, podcasting in 2023. It's actually the event I've been most looking forward to this weekend – but I do have to say it's probably the biggest disappointment for me, as the panellists just seemed a little bit too underprepared and a little bit too pleased with themselves for me to really warm to them. I also didn't agree with some of the advice they offered. However, it's always interesting to hear fresh perspectives, I suppose. One thing that they did say was that editing time for a podcast is approximately a one-to-three ratio, so a one-hour interview will take approximately three hours to edit. I can say from personal experience that this isn't far off, although it is a bit annoying to hear, as it was one of the reasons I wanted to get into podcasting in the first place, was that I was hoping there would be a bit less editing involved. After the podcast panel, I rushed back to the hotel to drop my stuff off, and then Uber back into LA for a They Might Be Giants concert. The crazy thing is that I originally bought tickets for the show at the beginning of 2020, back when I was living less than a mile from the venue. Due to COVID and various other incidents, it's been postponed time and time again, and now it's finally taking place over three years later, at the very same weekend I'm back in town for NAM. Very fortunate. I grab a quick chat with Danny Weinkoff, the TMBG bassist, before the show, and thank him for his interview the other week, and he's pretty much one of the coolest guys I've ever met. I realized that in the short time I've been doing the podcast, I have been very fortunate to have had an incredible lineup of guests. Saturday, 14th of April. One of the great things about NAM is that, as well as all of the products on display and the various panels and workshops you can attend, There's also performances and concerts taking place throughout the weekend. Somehow, every year, no matter what day or time he's on, I always seem to be passing the main stage when old-timey blues guitar player Carl Verheyen is on the stage. He's a legendary guitarist, and watching him play in the hot California sun is always an absolute highlight for me. Now, normally, as I say, I've stumbled upon him by accident. But this year, I actually planned out my Nam schedule meticulously, and found out what time he was going to be on, 11 o'clock on the Saturday morning. So I made time to watch his entire set this year, and had an absolute blast. I posted a little clip of it on my Instagram stories, and was, it has to be said, unreasonably excited that he shared it on his own page just a few minutes after coming off stage. When Karl Verhein finishes up, I head over to the Carla stand once again, where Ron Telpner is performing, Ron is a snappily dressed elder gentleman who I've been friends with on Instagram for years. He tells me how he took up the ukulele after a cancer diagnosis where he was informed that he didn't have long to live. Now, there are certain rules about performances on the main exhibition floor to do with volume levels, etc. And Ron, who's clearly been preparing his set for some time, nearly gets the entire Carla booth closed down as he's attracting so much attention from passers-by. Afterwards, I interview him for the podcast, and it's a moving conversation, which I do look forward to sharing. At one o'clock, I interview Kevin Presbury, musician and the face of all four uke. Kevin is just about the coolest guy I've met here at Nam, and is likeable, talkative, and easygoing. About half an hour into the interview, I'm thinking, I'm killing it. His answers are good, the sound levels are terrific, and this is a great conversation only to look down at my Zoom recorder and realise it's not recording. I am horrified and feel absolutely sick to my stomach. I press record immediately and get about the last 17 minutes of our chat, which I'm sure will be usable and very good, but sadly the rest of the conversation is lost to the mists of time. I'm sorry, Kevin. At 2.30, I make my way to one of the outdoor areas for the now-legendary Lenny, ukulele, ukulele circle. Lenny is an absolute gem of a performer and gets the crowd of about 50 to 100 strumming along to all sorts of easy one or two chord songs while he jumps in with bass and saxophone to provide accompaniment. It's all terrific fun except for a brief few minutes where four or five hulking great security gorillas walk behind Lenny armed to the teeth with machine guns patrolling the area. I'm sure they're trying to keep the peace but it's not really what I expect to see at a ukulele event of any kind, and it still takes some getting used to. I leave the ukulele circle to say my goodbyes at the Carla stand and bump into Ari, the guest from two weeks ago, who jokes about how long it took me to put her interview out, because I actually recorded our chat at Nam last year. She's with a couple of business people and introduces me to them. Now, I assume at first that they're her parents. I'm not sure why, just a weird thing about me, I suppose. But in fact, they are the founders and creators of the Vidami Pedal, who I think had been trying to contact me previously about maybe doing some work together at some point. We don't really have the time to chat there and then, but we do swap details and arrange to meet up properly before we both leave Anaheim. Now, by this point, I am flagging. It's nearly the end of the day and nearly the end of the weekend, but there's still another interview yet to record. I head back up to the teaching rooms for the last hour of Peter Luongo's workshop on teaching the ukulele to adults. It's a fascinating hands-on affair, and Peter has us not just strumming simple chords, but actually reading sheet music, playing by ear, and transposing scales into different keys. Now, even though it's fairly straightforward stuff, my tired brain is struggling to keep up at times. Peter, however, is every bit as fresh as he was ...when I first saw him on Thursday afternoon... ...even though in the meantime he's had an outrageously full schedule... ...of concerts, workshops and other interviews. However, at the end of the two-hour session... ...he still very generously agrees to give up his time for me... ...and he speaks passionately and interesting for a good half hour... ...before we both head off on our respective ways. And yes, this time I did press record. I stopped to pick up some gifts for Percy on the way back to the hotel... And also a slice of Cheesecake Factory cheesecake for supper, which is about all I can manage. Very Cherry Ghirardelli, in case you were wondering what flavour. Unlike Peter, who still has plans for the rest of the evening, I'm well and truly shattered. And again, an early night is on the cards. Sunday, 15th of April. Checkout is not till 11, and so I try and find a way to pass the time before I have to head back to the airport. Not enough time for a Disney visit, sadly, and it's still a bit overcast to take a dip in the pool, too. But after a quick chat with Tiff and Percy, I get a text from the fine folks at Vidami. As it turns out, they are staying in a hotel only one block away from me. So I head over to meet them for a bit of a chat and to pick up a pedal to take home with me and have a play with. Then I get my Uber back to the airport and this time, unlike the way there, it takes significantly longer to clear check-in and security with very little time to spare before the flight. I do, however, manage to pick up some C's candy for Tiff, which I'm sure I will help her eat, and a little book for Percy before making my way onto the plane. On the way there, I'd had the entire road to myself, but no such luck this time. In fact, I'm literally on the very back row of the plane, jammed right into a middle seat. Not very comfy, and I managed to watch almost an entire series of grain chill before eventually managing to drift off, at which time I'm so deeply asleep that they either can't or don't even bother waking me for breakfast. So when I do get off the plane on the other side, I'm absolutely famished. Monday 16th of April. Arrive at London Heathrow at around 10 in the morning and whiz through security. Without bags to collect, these things take a lot less time. I head down to the train station to get my train back home, only to find that my ticket, which I'd bought a week ago and kept in my zipped-up top coat pocket the entire time, had somehow gone walkabout. Not happy, but I have no option but to purchase another one if I want to get home today. The train ride is actually very pleasant, and the weather is arguably even better than it had been in L.A., and I arrive home in time to drop off my stuff, say a quick hello to Tiff, and then walk around to pick up Percy from nursery, the whole weekend already beginning to fade away like a dream. Hard to believe it, but less than 24 hours ago, I was in Los Angeles, and now here I am in the rolling green countryside of our quaint little village in Bath. Home at last. Well, there you go. That was my Nam 2023 adventures. Bit of a shorter show than usual, but I did manage to pick up a whole bunch of interviews that should tide me over for a while. So be sure to check out the pics I post on Facebook and Instagram if you want to see who I spoke to. I hope you enjoyed this audio diary. It's definitely something I'd be keen to do more of next time I head out to a festival or a special event. Let me know what you thought of it. Were you at Nam Or maybe someone you knew? Have you been before? What would you like to check out if you go in the future? Drop me an email to teacher at grabyouryuk.com with your thoughts, and I'll happily read them on air if you like. And I do read and reply to every message I receive, eventually. And like I say, I am also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can always reach me on either of those as well. Now, if you enjoy the podcast and you want me to keep making it, please check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash teacher. You get a bit of bonus content, early access to the shows, the chance to ask questions to me or occasionally future guests, and it just helps me carry on doing this a bit as well. So please do check it out and consider throwing a couple of dollars my way, as sponsorship and YouTube ad revenue only goes so far. And talking your sponsorship, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Carla are the fine sponsors of this podcast. So if you're in the market for a new ukulele, then check out www.carlabrand.com slash Teacher, and you will get a 10% discount on any ukulele or in fact anything at all on their website just because you listen to Ukulele Tales. So that's about it then for another week. I'll be back next time with another great interview for you. But until then, I love you all and I wish you the best.